Hey everyone, thanks for listening to SwiftCast. If you're a fan of Taylor, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or your podcast app, and it will automatically download our episodes for you each week. We have a lot of exciting episodes and guests as Reputation rolls out, so you'll only be doing yourself a favor by subscribing. Also, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr, at SwiftCast13, or you can find all of our episodes and social media at our website, SwiftCast13.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to episode 236 of SwiftCast. This is Steph. Adam. And Nate. And we are officially in the reputation era. Things have been very exciting, very crazy since November 10th when the album finally came into our lives. Since the album came out, we've been doing some really fun episodes. We had on episode 234, we all listened to the album probably only once or twice and gave our immediate reactions to it on that episode, which is really fun. And I feel like for all of us, our opinions have already changed and we've picked up on all these other things. So we just can't wait to dive more into this album throughout this whole era on the podcast. And then on episode 235, we had a call-in episode and got to talk with eight of our listeners who called in and talked about their impressions of the album and it was just so fun i love talking to people and especially when there's a new album to hear what sticks out to people that i might have missed or others might have missed you know absolutely when you said that about uh our first impressions of the album that we're picking up on things i can't wait to actually dive in song by song dedicate a full discussion to each song and just really like dive into what, what each of these songs might be about, like some of the production of them. I'm really excited for them. Well, yes. And speaking of that, we're going to have so much more information about production with the Reputation album because Taylor's been doing this amazing series through DirecTV and Taylor Swift Now where she's releasing the making of some of these songs. So for this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the making of delicate videos and call it what you want so later on throughout this era we'll be doing full song discussions on every song on the album but today we wanted to talk about these taylor swift now videos because they are pretty awesome i'm so excited that she is making these videos never before in taylor swift history has she documented her songwriting in such an interesting and elaborate way I mean, literally, we see her making the song. We see the production. We see her singing into the microphone. Like, that to me, that's always what I've wanted to know about whenever she talks about songwriting styles or or how she's doing it. Uh, To actually be able to literally see what's going on, to me, that's just fantastic. Taylor, please keep doing these videos. Yes, I want a video for every song. It's almost like she grew up from doing vlogs of her life and her life on tour and things like that to now doing vlogs of the process of making a song, which is really cool. Yeah. They just feel so personal and it's like we're there with her. So it is really cool. 
Well, before we jump into the news for this week, I think Nate might have a trivia question for us, which things have been so crazy with the album and we've had so many really fun episodes lately that we haven't had trivia in a while. So I'm pretty excited about this. You think you're excited about trivia? My God, I am excited about (laughs) trivia. (laughs) Yeah, to our listeners who may just be joining us, a segment that I really like doing is this trivia segment. Something way out of left field, uh, something people probably have never heard about Taylor, just something so unique. So particularly this question I chose today because all of the tour dates for the Reputation Tour were announced. So uh, anyway, my question for you guys today. Back in 2004, hmm, how much did a typical Taylor Swift concert ticket run? Oh my, 2004. So would this have been when she was performing like at Little Bars? That is correct. This is Taylor as a 14-year-old selling tickets to her shows. How much would you have to pay to see Taylor Swift? So I bet it would be like a little cover charge at a bar. So I will say $6. And I'll go with the typical Taylor fan answer and say $13. (laughs) So you were both actually really close. Um, Adam, you were closest here in November of 2004. Taylor played at the infamous Bluebird Cafe we all know and love. Uh, A guest only had to pay $8 dollars to see her perform and she would actually come on at 9 p.m which to me i mean it's a little late for a 14 year old so (laughs) very cool where'd you find that oh i have my secrets you'll never know (laughs) (laughs) well and you said that was 2004 and scott bruschetta saw her perform at the bluebird also in 2004 right i think this might be referencing that particular incident okay I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Right. We talked about it on a recent episode, how it had been the anniversary of when he saw her at the Bluebird. So that makes sense. That's awesome. I wish I could still find Taylor tickets for $8. Could you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) I would go to every single show. (laughs) Absolutely. And speaking of seeing Taylor perform in concert, our first piece of news for this week is all about the Reputation Tour. Yeah, we weren't able to talk about it on the last episode because it was a call-in episode, but we want to spend a couple of minutes talking all about the Reputation Stadium Tour, which has been announced. How excited are you guys? I'm so excited. This has only been announced for the United States so far, and so there are going to be more, I guess, states and cities coming in. So what we have right now is preliminary, but really, really exciting. Yeah, the announcement said first round of shows or something like that. So there's definitely going to be shows outside the United States that will be announced at a later date. And I think we're all still questioning if there will be more shows in the United States that are added later. Uh, That ended up happening for the 1989 tour. There were quite a few cities that originally only had one show, but then soon after tickets went on sale and they sold out pretty much instantly, uh, there were second shows added. So we'll see if that happens again for this tour. I don't know about you guys. I'm having a very tough time on the Ticketmaster Verified Fan Program, actually choosing which four cities I want to get my tickets at. 
I'm like, do I want to go to the first show? Do I want to go to the last show? Do I want to go to the shows near me? Do I want to travel for any of my shows? Do I want to go to more than four shows? Do I want to go to every single show? (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) But yes, if you are participating in the verified fan program, which you should, because there's going to be a verified pre-sale that we'll give you details about in a moment, but you can select four cities and uh, we're not sure how that will work. This is the first time Taylor's done anything like this, but I'm hoping that means you'll get at least a shot at more than one city. Well, the way I understand it is that you have your main city that you pick and then if there are tickets that are still available at the end of the pre-sale period for the extra shows that you pick, then you'll have a chance to purchase for those. So in my opinion, it seems like based on the number of people that have signed up for this, and I don't know exactly what the ticket allotment will be, I have a feeling that you're going to get a shot at the first city you put in, and I don't think you will for the other ones, but you never know. Right. We just don't know how many tickets will be available through this verified fan presale. Right. I wonder if the venues, in addition to this verified fan, are doing their own pre-sales as well. I th- would think they would. And even radio station pre-sales, too. Oh, that's true, too. Right. So some of the key dates for you guys, the deadline to sign up for the verified fan system is November 28th, and that's when your place in line will lock. And then you'll be sent a presale code on December 2nd, which will give you instructions to purchase tickets on either December 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, or 9th um, at a specific time. They'll send you, I think they're going to send you a window and you can go in and use your code to get tickets. And then also there will be tickets available in the general sale on December 13th. I'll be really interested to see how everything works out. It's just so different. And I think it could be really very beneficial to fans and prevent scalpers Absolutely. I mean, if you just look at the 1989 tour alone, I think ticket prices probably doubled or tripled. And I think a lot of that had to do with scalpers. True. You'd find just like a regular, you know, 100 level seat on StubHub for like $350. Like it was insane, insane. So hopefully, I mean, this just prevents all the scalping. I hope all of you guys out there who are interested in going to this tour, of course, everybody is, but uh, who, who really are able to go, uh, can get great seats at, you know, of course, the regular Ticketmaster price. Yes, that's always the goal. And the first show is going to be on May 8th, 2018 in the Phoenix area. And that's only about six months away or so, so not too far. No, I mean, when you really think about it, she, I'm sure, already has most of this tour planned out and... That's just so crazy to think about. And lately when I've been listening to the album, I've been thinking, where is this going to go on the set list? And I'm already trying to think about how her mind's working, where she's putting everything and how she's going to do this whole thing. That is one thing I'm definitely looking forward to is I'm sure it will be coming in April, right before the tour starts, our tour prediction episode. That's always a fun one. Right, because we're usually pretty wrong, but... (laughs) (laughs) We're always wrong about everything. But it's fun to pretend that we might have an idea of what she'll do. 
And as far as the United States goes, as of right now, the the tour runs through October with it ending in Arlington, Texas at the AT&T Stadium. I feel like that can't be a coincidence. AT&T Stadium, last show of the tour. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That was exactly what I thought, too. On another aside, I also noticed that, of course, it's in Texas. The past two shows that we've had have been in Texas. I don't know if that's a coincidence either. Right. We had Formula One Mm -hmm. and then Super Saturday Night right before the Super Bowl. Taylor seems to have a thing for Texas lately, but I think that will be a great way to end the tour in the United States. We'll see where else she's going to head. I'm sure she'll be all over the world. And like Adam said, this is a stadium tour. So as of right now, there are no arenas. But this just shows what a huge artist Taylor is. She has outgrown arenas. And I think really no other artist today really can pull that off. I mean, I'm, I might be wrong about that. Maybe there are some like you 2 but most artists today need to at least do some arenas. Exactly. If any, it's few and far between, which is what's so awesome about Taylor. I mean, you know, and I say this every time and everyone has different opinions about um, what types of venues and things they like to see Taylor at, but I've always loved it in the stadiums. And I feel like Taylor does too. I mean, just for myself as somebody in the crowd uh, at a stadium, one, I always try to get like really good like seats, pit seats or, or somewhere up front. Because when you are surrounded by 50,000 people or more in that stadium, everyone's there. Everyone's having a great time. It's just so incredible. Arenas can be really intimate, and, and that's great too. But I don't know. To me, I think stadiums take the cake. I'm just very glad that she's taking this approach this time around. That's true. Being in a stadium is always – you just have a, an overwhelming feeling of – how Taylor brings people together. Like you said, everyone's there. Everybody's having a great time, really the time of their lives. And it's all because we unite in our love of Taylor and her music. So it's always cool to see. I do have to say though, I, I did like going to arenas because it did feel more intimate. And sometimes I felt like you could get a better view, but I'm just so proud that like I said, she's outgrown arenas and she needs to just be in stadiums. And that in this day and age with the music industry, the way it is, it's just an incredible feat. Absolutely. And speaking of incredible feats and cheesy segues, uh, our next bit of news <laughs> for you <laughs> is about Taylor's album sales, her first week album sales. Now, uh, I've seen this number a couple of places I have not seen this number everywhere, so we're not sure if this is an unofficial number. We're not sure if this is an official number. I don't know what's going on with this. We've seen around that Reputation has sold 1.29 million copies in the first week, which, if that's the case, it is her best-selling album of all time. Right. Yes, I've seen this number, too. I I did see one say 1.28, and the one source that I saw said 1.28 specifically stated that it was not an official number. It sounded like some still needed to be counted somehow. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with that. I feel as though we've had that number earlier in years past, if that makes sense. Like right at uh, the close of the week. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Right, me either. And we're recording this on Sunday, and I think that the official numbers might be released on Monday. So by the time you guys are listening to this episode, this info might be confirmed by then. So regardless, it's going to be Taylor's fourth straight album with a million plus in the first week. And I saw this online, and it's just an amazing statistic. In this decade, since 2010... There have only been six albums that sold a million in their first week, and Taylor has four of them. (laughs) (laughs) That is so crazy. That is so crazy. Yeah, and I was reading something about how even other acts, I think it was the Backstreet Boys, they've, or maybe NSYNC, but they had two albums with one million plus in the first week, but no one ever even hit three. Taylor was the first to hit three, and now she's at four. So that's pretty incredible. And I think this album will just continue to sell. It's already the best-selling album of the year, and it was released a week ago, and it's already the best-selling album of the year. So it's only going to keep selling more until the end of the year, and it'll be great to see those numbers. Either way, congratulations, Taylor. Another successful album launch. Right. Everybody said she couldn't do it with the way streaming is, and she did it yet again. Another really cool thing that happened right after the album came out is there was a reputation pop-up shop in New York, and I was so jealous of everybody who got to go see this because it looked awesome. There are pieces of merchandise that aren't available on Taylor's website, The Snake Throne from the Look What You Made Me Do music video was available, and people got to take pictures on it, and AT&T did a special photo. It it was an official kind of photo that you received, and, well, Taylor also showed up in New York on Sunday, November 12th, so actually, as we were doing call-ins that night, we were talking to some callers about how Taylor just showed up and met fans. So the pop-up shop was such a success in New York that it's now heading to Los Angeles. And one of our callers did mention that she was hoping this pop-up shop would travel around the country. So we do know it's going to Los Angeles. Maybe it will go to other locations. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, that would be something really cool to see, and I hope it moves around the country too. Maybe it will. I want a snake thrown picture. <laughs> I'm just saying that. <laughs> well, one thing I was thinking, and I'm hoping, maybe they'll have that in stadiums. You know how they usually have setups? You can get photos oh my and God. things. Oh my God. Don't even tell me that. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, I know it's it might be too big of a hope, but... They always had really cool photo booths, like with Keds or just other sponsors. And they usually have her costumes set up around mm-hmm. the stadium. So I don't know. That makes a ton of sense. I could totally see that. We were wondering what they would do for booths and things. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. People love it so much. So maybe they'll see and just decide to do it. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about Saturday Night Live. We got to talk briefly about it with some of the callers on the last episode, but we haven't had a chance to talk amongst ourselves. So Taylor was on SNL on the 11th, and she performed two songs, Ready For It and Call It What You Want. And it was just awesome to see her back performing again. Well, yeah, this is the first time we've seen her perform anything since she announced the Reputation album in August. And they were both amazing. I think everybody loved the mic, the snake microphone that she used. I loved it. Oh, definitely. And it seemed like both I could see being just translated to being used on tour the way they were performed. I was wondering that. Ready For It was obviously like perfectly choreographed. I mean, that's that's generally not a coincidence when you see choreographed performances uh, before tour actually starts. So, Right. The thing that comes to mind regarding that is I think it was the Brit Awards performance of Trouble ended up being very much like the tour performance. Oh, yeah, for sure. And on the flip side of that, thinking about Call It What You Want being an acoustic set, oh my god, that would be incredible. Right. The first time we heard that song when she did it as a pre-release, I never really thought of it as being an acoustic potential B-stage kind of song. But now that she did that, and when she was at Sirius XM, she also performed it kind of acoustically. I couldn't see video of it. She might have been at the piano, but the way she performed it both times seemed to make it like a great B-stage kind of song. Yeah, I don't think I thought about that either, but it does make perfect sense thinking about it now because if I think about Call It What You Want as like a main stage performance with a lot of production, I feel like it doesn't fit because it's more of a like a laid back, simple song. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I I can't really see it having a big production like Ready For It would. Right, you don't need a big bass or big lights or flashing lights or anything like that. It's just a very simple type performance. I agree with that, totally. You know, uh, but also when I think about it, if she did that with, uh, you know, if she had the track playing or or whatever, um, I would love that too. I think the production on Call It What You Want is fantastic. I think the song itself as a whole is great. Jack Antonoff did a great job on the song. Uh, and either way, I mean, I feel like it would it would just work. Yeah, I think that's why the first time I heard it, I didn't even envision it as a B-stage song because there's so much going on. So I would love it either way. But it's kind of nice to think maybe she will continue with a B-stage acoustic kind of set, even though, as we all have been saying, the old Taylor is dead. But she very well may continue with that. But it was awesome to see Taylor back on Saturday Night Live, and maybe in the future she'll be a host. We can hope. Well, in this next bit of news, also semi-related, uh, Taylor went on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And if you guys have not seen this already, I, I'm sure that you have, but oh my god, you need to go and watch this video. Taylor performed New Year's Day. I guess what happened was... Jimmy's team called up Taylor that day, said, hey, would you like to come on and, and perform this song? And, and Taylor said yes. So Taylor shows up to The Tonight Show, and I guess it had been the first taping since 
Jimmy Fallon's mom had passed away. And so he was very emotional. Everyone was, uh, you know, uh, she was a huge fan of the show. Uh, he drew a lot of inspiration from her. So it was a, a really, I guess, just surreal feeling for all of them. Jimmy himself, I guess he still killed it. He still had a great personality. He was able to, you know, get through it. Uh, but there was a particular thing that Jimmy had recounted, and that was uh, this this instance of uh, Jimmy's mother squeezing his hand three times. And so, of course, as we all know by now, in New Year's Day, there's a line that reads, squeeze my hand three times in the back of a taxi. So for Taylor to perform this song so impromptu and uh, and it just really hit home with Jimmy after she was done performing this, this beautiful set. I mean, he runs over, they embrace each other, huge hug. Uh, you can tell everything's very emotional. So, uh, anyway, it was just a fantastic performance. If you've not seen it, Taylor on the piano performing new year's day, please go and check it out. Yeah, it was an awesome moment. It was really nice of her to do that. It was completely unplanned. I mean, I think us as fans found out that she was performing just immediately after it was taped which was about a couple hours before it aired and we were all shocked and we were like okay i guess we better go watch the tonight show tonight um but it was just very emotional very raw and true and it's hard to describe it was it was a great moment it really was and one of the producers of the show tweeted about everything mike desenso He's at Mike DeCenso on Twitter, D-I-C-E-N-Z-O. But he gave the whole story. He explained Taylor was not scheduled. They just asked if she would do it. She said yes. No one had ever even heard New Year's Day before. And the fact that the song had that line in it just had everyone in tears. And I, I think Jimmy did just a great job. It must have been really very difficult day for him and it was just so nice to see taylor hugging him hopefully she made him feel a little better taylor and jimmy have an awesome friendship i really like their their friendship yeah it was really good to see her back on there because she has always been on there since he's taken over the tonight show and like you said they they just have a good friendship they're really funny together with this performance it just felt very special given the background of their long friendship. Well, speaking of New Year's Day, we got some surprising news the other day that the song has been sent to country radio stations. So it looks like it's going to be on your local country station. Yeah, this was surprising, wasn't it? Well, very much so. I mean, Taylor hasn't submitted anything to country radio since, I think, Begin Again. Uh, you know, if you discount Better Man uh, being uh, her actual song. But either way, I mean, that's such a surprising move for, for a song coming off of a pop album to actually be sent to country radio. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. Right. And I feel like this song is perfect for country radio. I'll be interested to see if they mix it somehow and or if it will just be the straight album version. I think the straight album version works but I'm not sure if that's what they'll do. And on the flip side, I mean, does this mean it's technically the next single from the album? I'm not sure. It is being called a single, and I read that there will be a music video released for this. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that either. I, it was not from an official 
Taylor's source or anything. I just read on Twitter that there will be a music video. And because it's going to be an official single, all official singles seem to have music videos. So that would make sense. And really, it's the perfect time of year for this song to be a single. She's hitting it right at the right time. I feel like this song could be all over the radio in December and probably January. Yeah, that would be perfect. Absolutely. Definitely be the most impactful. So I'm really excited. I guess the first time I heard New Year's Day, I just figured it would never be a single. It would kind of be like clean or all too well. So I think it's pretty cool. And I think country music fans, a lot of them still love Taylor. So I think they'll be happy to hear her back on the radio. Well, speaking of country music in Nashville, Taylor has always had a tradition of buying her albums in Target in Nashville. And so, like I mentioned earlier, she showed up at the pop-up shop in New York. And then after she left New York, she returned to Nashville and completed her tradition of going to Target to buy the album. And she met a lot of fans, took some Instagram stories, lots of photos. It looked awesome. Yeah, that's just something that I couldn't even imagine. Just going shopping and, oh, there's Taylor Swift. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, actually, um, it was funny. So the day of album release, I went to my local Target and, uh, and I go up there and I was surprised. I'm like, I'm like, man, you people stink. I'm like, look at all these albums that are still left. I'm like, I just walked right up to the display, grabbed a couple, went right to the register. I was talking to the girl at the register and I said, oh, have these been selling a lot today? She goes, I don't know. I'm like, no. I was like, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay. But anyway. Oh, really? I had a completely different experience. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I was looking for the t-shirts that were available at Target and I could not find them anywhere. I walked throughout the whole store. And so then I went to check out with my two magazines and I asked the cashier whether there were any of the shirts available and they radioed and were trying to find them for me. But they said, you know, we had a line out the door this morning waiting for the store to open so that people could go buy this album. And so it was just gone. The shirts Wow. Wow. This was maybe noon. I mean, I I did go pretty early. Yeah, that's that's fairly early, right? Because I think Target opens at 9 or 10. So yeah, I I have gone to Target on different album release days before it opened. And I've been in lines with people who were waiting to get Taylor's album. So it's nice to, to know that that's still happening. People just are waiting outside Targets to get the album. Maybe that's what I need to do next time is travel to another city and actually hang out with people <laughs> in line for a release. That's probably a good idea. Maybe you should go to Nashville. Oh, that'd be sweet. I mean, hey, hmm. you know, never know who you might bump into. You'd never do. The one fan said he lived across the street and he just went to Target to buy ragu sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. That was awesome. I saw another girl who tweeted and she says, uh, when you casually go to Target to buy toothpaste, end up meeting Taylor Swift, get home, and then forget to buy the toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. Well, speaking of exciting album news, 
Something just came out. Uh, if you guys are interested in vinyls, very good news for you. You can now pre-order the Reputation vinyl from Barnes & Noble. And as far as I've seen, this is the only place that you can get it from. So the album itself will be available on December 8th. So get ready. I unfortunately don't have a record player, but if I did, I would get one. <laughs> hey, I don't have a record player, and I still buy the vinyls anyway. Do you? <laughs> yeah, you collect them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't have a record player, but I buy them. So I'm excited. It's just cool to see Taylor's albums on vinyl. Well, we mentioned tour dates earlier, but Taylor also has some upcoming performances. If you're hoping to see her before she starts her tour, she has the following dates. December 1st, she'll be at Jingle Ball in Los Angeles. December 2nd, she'll be at Poptopia in San Jose. December 7th, she'll be at Jingle Bash in Chicago. And December 8th, she'll be at Jingle Ball in New York City. So I'm just really excited to see the set and the way these songs are performed. Because like we said, it really might represent what happens on tour. Well, we once again have some fashion for you guys since Taylor has been seen quite a bit in the past week or so. Starting out with Saturday Night Live on November 11th, the boots that Taylor were wearing were Cassidy platform boots, and they were the low, low price of $1,930. For Taylor, that's pretty cheap, I gotta say. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Well, this next one, too, is also very pricey, Uh, but hey. Good fashion comes at a high price. Uh, Reputation release party in New York City on November 13th. Uh, Taylor was seen wearing a Jesse V.E. lucky number ring. And in this case, of course, it was a 13. Anyway, this baby ran for $3,600. Wow, just for a ring. I do really like it, though. Yeah, it's cool. I like it, too. I love how she's using 13. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the snake ring. It, it almost like wraps around your finger, but uh, of course, a pretty prominent 13 on it. So, Yeah, it does. Well, our next one is from when Taylor performed New Year's Day on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon on November 13th. She wore the RTA Marvin hoodie, which is $596. I like that. It was cool. It was like a silvery metallic hoodie. So far, just from what I've been seeing Taylor wear, I mean, uh, you know, color-wise, I wonder if she's going to keep this up throughout the entire era, but a lot of blacks, um, a little bit of white, but but definitely a lot of, like, grays, too, like gray sweatshirts, um, black pants, that kind of thing, or just all black or, or whatever. Anyway, I'm really digging her style this time around. Yeah, and also I would say in some behind-the-scenes videos and also in the Secret Sessions, she has worn camo and flannel right well i like both of those and our last one for today is when taylor went to target like we talked about earlier she was wearing an alice and olivia north sweatshirt dress which is 350 dollars jimmy choo harley 30 boots which are 1095 dollars and she had a backpack on it was a stella mccartney Falla Bella leather trim backpack for $770. And that's all that we have for fashion updates for this week. 
But thank you to tastewithstyle.com for locating these fashion updates. We will be right back with our main discussion. As we mentioned on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the making of Delicate and the making of Call It What You Want. And these videos are available through Taylor Swift Now. So you can watch them on DirecTV if you're subscribed. Or Taylor has been posting some of them on her YouTube account. So you can also see them there. But we actually wanted to provide you with clips of each one. So we're going to start with the making of Delicate. You must like me for me. Can I have that again? This ain't for the best. My reputation's never been worse, so you must like me for me. We can't make any promises now, can we, babe? But you can make me drink. Like me for me. That's really cool. We can't make any promises now, can we, babe? But you can make me drink. dream of being with me do I wonder when you sleep Perfect. if you if you're ever dreaming of me or if you ever dream of me Cause I know that's delicate Yeah, I want to call 
so from the clip you just heard, you heard Taylor singing a couple lines at first. And then the thing that caught my eye was when Max Martin was at the piano. And it was really cool because it looked like based on the way he played the piano, it was manipulating Taylor's voice to that like auto tune sound that you get. Is that what you guys saw too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wish I knew more about the production in that sense, about the instrumentation. Um, but it is interesting to me because something that I said as one of my first reactions to the song was that it sounded like Imogen Heap, uh, especially this part. This is the part that I was referencing, like uh, as I've seen some reviews stated as cascading tones. That is, I think, very much her style and just very much, I don't know if it's something that's borrowed from her or, or something she was inspired by, but uh, either way, I think it has a place in Delicate. Yeah, I definitely agree. I didn't think about that when you mentioned it on episode 234 when we talked all about our initial reactions. But as soon as you said that, I thought, wow, yeah, that makes so much sense. And Taylor worked with Imogen on Clean, and we know she's a big fan, so it's cool to see a little bit of influence there. Yeah, very much so. And especially the song that I'm referencing uh, is called Hide and Seek. I think it's one of her biggest ones. But um, either way, I just thought it was really cool that she actually captured this on video and was able to show us. Yeah, it was really neat. Like Nate said, I wish I knew more about how this actually worked. Because I'm just sitting here thinking, how is he doing this? He's just taking what she recorded and just making it sound so different. But it's really effective. And then kind of like the gorgeous video that we have talked about before, Taylor was trying out all different kinds of lyrics when she's talking about the line when she's dreaming. She was saying like, do you ever dream of me? Are you ever dreaming of me? And she's trying different word combinations to make it fit correctly. It's just so cool to see her working through that. She's not even writing anything down much like in the gorgeous video, but she's just working through it in her head and making it all fit. It's remarkable. Definitely. I mean, just these videos alone really are showing me, as far as Taylor's songwriting style goes, just how fluid everything is in the studio. We already had finished parts of the song. Like she was, she had basically the track down, like certain parts of it. She knew kind of how she wanted the melody to fit in, but, uh, at the same time, she's still like just trying to work through everything. Like nothing's finalized. Everything is just she's just playing around with it. It's just so I don't know. It's just so interesting to me how a beautiful finished product like that can come out of just so much, I guess, trial and error. So anyway, it, very awesome. You know that struck me too because I guess I just always envisioned figuring out how the song would go and then recording the whole thing all at once. Yeah, like a very rigid structure. Like right. you have your lyrics, you you know your melody, um, and then you just sit down and record it, and and that's basically it. But but no, apparently right. not. And so when I was watching this, I was thinking: so did they know for sure this song was going to be on the album because they already took the time to add in the the auto tune to the opening lines of the song, and she already had the chorus down that was already recorded. But I guess, really, if you look at the way the studio is, it's probably so easy to do it. They can just, if they end up not liking it, they can just scrap it. 
That's very true. And, you know, that's still also interesting to me because we don't have any clue at all yet about any other songs that might have been recorded, any potential bonus tracks, let's even say maybe uh, an EP or something that she could release later. I mean, all of that still could have happened and, and we would just have no idea like what songs are out there right now, uh, if any, uh, that we just don't know about. Oh, I'm sure there's so many, even just from other albums. That's true, too. I think Taylor once commented on Tumblr that she has all these songs that were scrapped, and she did mention releasing them someday and said no one would want them. (laughs) Of course we would. I think everyone would want every single song. (laughs) Right. Like, she could not be more wrong. Everybody would want those songs. Even if they were from the debut album that didn't make it, I want to hear them. But this was just really cool to see. I really love seeing how she works through it and figures out exactly what fits perfectly. Yeah, and when she does figure out what worked, she just said, it's that simple. It's just simple. And then Max Martin says from off camera, did you record that? And Taylor points to the camera and does a little funny dance. She's like, yeah, I did. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was really cute. But really, it just took her seconds to figure out what exactly worked there so i think it really does vary based on song because after taylor performed new year's day on the tonight show with jimmy fallon jack antonoff was tweeting and said that song came together just one night very very quickly and he said it felt like a dream but then you have the making of gorgeous and you could see taylor's working on it for an extended period of time But here she came up with those lines really quickly. It's just fascinating. Something that I thought was really funny and a little bit strange, kind of at the end of the video, you see Taylor, Martin, and Shellback all sitting, listening to the final song and kind of pans over to Max and uh, he has this like, I don't even know what it was. I could not even tell you like a, it almost looked like a ceramic dumbbell. Does that even make sense? Uh, Just like he's balancing it on his head. And Taylor turns back and she goes, that means he likes the song. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, like a dumbbell or some kind of spool. Like a spool? Yeah, I don't even know what that was. Yeah, maybe just some piece of art or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was hilarious. I would love to see more about Delicate. I'm kind of hoping more is released on it. Definitely. I'm not sure if, because these videos were uh, a little bit shorter than the Gorgeous video. I'm wondering if there is more content that's going to be coming or uh, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on Taylor Swift now, uh, whatever. I mean, I still want to see more. Me too. Definitely. Well, next we're going to talk about Call It What You Want. So we want to play the clip for you of the making of that song.
crumbled overnight? Yes. Really good sub stuff. <laughs> that, was, that was that was really a sight yeah. to behold. Thank you guys, especially you. Thank you so much. Oh uh-huh. wow. Okay. You do, but thank you. Just show me your nails. Show me your nails. No, no. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm loving with my love. I'm making forts undercover, stressing like a brother. Yeah, you know I did one thing right. Sorry, I sparking up my darkest night. My baby's fit like a daydream, walking with his head down. I'm the one he's walking to. So call it what you want, yeah, call it what you want to. You loud enough? Yeah. That mic is incredible on you. Thank you. That's the baby, yeah. baby mic. It's forever known as that. Baby, baby. <laughs> I feel crazy. I got a corner of you in frame. Look, look at you. I can see one, one of your glasses. And I am in frame as well. Except there's some sunlight issues. Oh, not when I step here, which is where I'm going to be. This is good. You ready for this? Uh, Let me know how your level is. Okay, if I must. (laughs) That's my dance move for when I two. <laughs> My babies fly like a jet stream high above the whole scene. Watch for the dance with no. And then you go to <laughs> like the a dolphin yeah. body roll. Would you? It, yeah, coming overnight. Like all those. Like uh, the talky, the talky stuff. Yeah, like uh, all the personality and character. I don't have either of those things. Uh, you know that. Uh, There's a real sore spot. So can yeah, that's what everyone says. Up? Taylor's great. She just has no personality or character. That's. That's the number one comment that I get on uh, my YouTube comments. Yeah, that's what I, you know, if I, anything online, people just be like, Taylor seems great, she just has no personality. Just vanilla. Yeah. Just, just, a, just a, like a... Wallpaper. They, they call you wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can we uh, sing through it once? Because I'm pretty sure... I, I, I want to wear his initial chain round my neck, chain round my neck. Yes. Okay. So, first of all, and no offense to Martin or Shellback, but... Anytime that Taylor works with Jack, I just absolutely love it. So being able to actually see a video of the two of them in the studio together, it just warms my heart, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's so talented, and he seems like such a relaxed, cool guy that you would want to be friends with. Yeah, and like I said with New Year's Day, they just put that together so quickly. I hope there's a video on that, too. So something that I thought was just really funny in general about, uh, and I know you guys couldn't you know, particularly see this just from the audio clip, obviously, but uh, is that for the majority of this, like Taylor and Jack are almost just kind of like pacing around the room. Like they're, they're not even really interacting, which is really funny to me. Like they're, they're both jamming out and like they're having a good time and, and, and Taylor's singing and Jack's kind of like, you know, like DJ producing almost. (laughs) I just thought it was really cool. Very interesting how they can just work so well together uh, without having like a really, uh, I don't know, like uh, technical dynamic, if that makes sense. I don't know. You don't you don't see them both sitting there like, oh, um, uh, you know, maybe we should adjust, you know, this note or we should add this thing. They're just both jamming out and feeling it and and making great music, which is awesome. Yeah, they're making all their notes in their head. They're just thinking about what they're listening to and having their own thoughts. <laughs> the other thing I noticed was this studio was definitely different than the one 
where she was doing delicate. Well, for delicate, you kind of, you see two different locations and this one for call it what you want is also different. And I know before Taylor and Jack have recorded songs in his apartment. This does not look like his apartment to me, but it's just kind of cool how she really can do this anywhere. I'm wondering because I know that some of the songs were recorded in London, so I'm wondering if that was maybe a London studio? Could be. Yeah, I, I'd i like to know. It, it would just be interesting. But with this particular video, Jack actually talks about the baby baby microphone, which was used for <laughs> I Don't Want to Live Forever. So they at least used that microphone. I would guess it was in the same studio they're in now but I don't know for sure. Uh, yeah, that is a good connection. I was wondering where that microphone came from. Yeah, I thought that was cool. He called it the baby baby microphone, and then Taylor started singing a part of I Don't Want to Live Forever. Yeah. That was awesome. Which, of course, if you guys were unaware, I mean, I Don't Want to Live Forever was produced by Jack Antonoff, so. Right. They just work so well together, and even when there's not an album out, they're creating all this great material. But I liked this video, too. I thought it really highlighted Taylor's personality. She's so funny. She would do dance moves and and then kind of shy away. Can we talk for a second about the dolphin body roll? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was the best part of the video. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it really was. And did you see her Instagram stories for Saturday Night Live? Because she did the dolphin roll again. She didn't call it that, but... She was standing there in front of a bunch of seats, and she did the rule, and she she just said, thank you, everyone, so much. <laughs> I feel like this will actually be something on tour now. Like, she's not just joking in the video. We are actually going to see the dolphin body roll. Yeah, she jokes about it being tour choreography, but maybe you're right. I could see her doing it at the end, like the final song. Kind of like how Shake It Off had the funny flying motions and she just had so much fun with it i feel like this could be added to that like hilarious meme i'm not sure if you guys have seen this but uh it's a picture of taylor doing dance moves from valentine's day from the 22 video and from uh j-lo uh when she came out on tour do you guys know what i'm talking about she's like doing the body yes. roll and the dance moves that gif is so funny I feel like this can somehow be inserted into that GIF. Somebody has to do it. That's a really good idea because I love watching that. And it should just be living on forever. Just add on new dance moves. <laughs> now that you said that, it, it reminded me, now that we're going on a GIF tangent here, it reminded me of Taylor from the VMAs and uh, you see Bruno Mars and Taylor, and she's just towering completely over him. <laughs> <laughs> just goes on forever. That's what we need for this one. <laughs> yeah, they, they do live on forever. That particular VMA ceremony was, what, probably 2013, I think? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. It was before 1989 was ever released. We'll see. If somebody wants to get on making that GIF, I would definitely be happy with it. <laughs> I back you 100%. Sorry to our listeners for going off on that tangent. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, her dance moves are just so funny. And she's just, with these videos, like we said earlier, it kind of feels like a vlog because it feels like we're just seeing part of her life. 
And that was what I loved about the vlogs. I felt like we were just hanging out with her. Yeah, they're awesome. And I can't wait to see more. It totally just brings the celebrity of Taylor right back down to earth. I mean, it, it just adds this human element to to what people see of her. I mean, it's just when you see her in the studio and she's joking around and, and she's messing up and, you know, she's, you know, trying to get through or trying to figure out certain lyrics. I don't know. It's just very cool. It's just very humbling. It really is. And it also just shows you how hard she works and how much went into this album. So we will be keeping you up to date as more of the series becomes available, which is called The Making of a Song, because this is just so exciting, such new content that we've never had before, and we're excited to see what's next. And to make sure you're keeping up with everything that we're doing through the podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes. That will download the latest episode for you automatically, and you won't miss any of our episodes. And we love talking with listeners. We mentioned on episode 235 how much we love doing call-ins. We hope to do more in the future because we're sure so much is going to be happening just even before tour. Um, so we can't wait to talk with you about it. But if you'd like to reach out to us, we're on several different platforms. We're SwiftCast13 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. You can visit our website at www.swiftcast13.com and you can email us at any time at swiftcast13show at gmail.com. And please do reach out to us, guys. I mean, we have been getting such an incredible response from all of you uh, via our social media, via email. Um, there's this one particular comment that I thought was really cool. Somebody sent it to us on Twitter. She actually called into our show on episode 235. We spoke to Sarah, and Sarah sent us this message, which I thought was awesome. She told us, We'd just like to point out that Taylor references the concept of golden multiple times in reputation. Remember what she said about love in the Red CD booklet? That if she ever experienced real love, it would be golden? Hmm. Oh, very cool connection. Oh. I thought that was interesting. I completely forgot about that. Such a good catch. Yeah. Me too. And that's what I love about talking to listeners. Everybody just picks up on so many things that we don't, and, and we miss these things. Either way, that has a lot of interesting implications for uh, Taylor's personal life, for the album itself. I mean, I just think that's great. That's incredible. Great catch. Yeah, and definitely anything else any of you pick up on, please feel free to reach out to us at any time. We love hearing from you. But we will be back with more exciting episodes soon but for now for episode 236 this has been steph adam and nate and we will see you next time thank you see ya later